The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Welcome to The Deal with Yield with our two hosts, Kyle Reiner, Winfield United Master Agronomy Advisor, and Joel Whipperforth, Ag Technology Applications Lead. The USDA is predicting an increase in soybean acreage this year, with disease being a huge challenge to soybean production. Can you talk about some of the major disease issues farmers faced in 2016 and what they should be on the lookout for this year? I think one of the things that we saw more of uh, the last couple of years, just based off of weather and precip, is white molt, right? In southwest Minnesota or the western side of the state, we... Unless you're under pivot, you really didn't see a lot of white mold in the past. Now, the last couple of years, we've saw more and more in, in the areas, the north-facing slopes in some pockets in the field that are that are a little higher. I mean, we got some things that we do in our space. We got contains that you spray it out prior to planting, and it eats up the sclerotinia that's left from the year before. The other things we got is some guys choose to go out there with a PPO burner, like a Cobra, and they'll go out there with five ounces right at first bloom. And what that does is pulls back some of the canopy, burns off a little bit, and then they've had some really good luck with that. And then we got Enduro. Enduro is another product that's in our space that's sprayed over the top. It's so hard to do because the period of flowering on a soybean plant is very long, okay? And so to spray early and then wait another 10 days and spray again to try to control infection is really hard to do. So row spacing, obviously if you're in drilled, 15, 20-inch row is better than drilled, and 30-inch row would be better just control. And then also variety selection is a big deal. Some varieties are way better on white mold than others. Yeah, so when I think about the disease cycle for white mold, one of the ways you can notice it is uh, when you're combining soybeans, it looks like there's little rat turds in your grain tank. And those little rat turds are the sclerotinia that were actually uh, plugged up inside of the stem of the soybean plant. So that's one of the first things to check is get a handful of grain and see if there's little black uh, rat turds in your grain tank. And that's the point when Kyle talked about contains or contains. Maybe it's a long A if you use the Minnesota accent. Yeah, uh, that's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Contains is really after actually killing and treating the soil sclerotinia. And so some of the best application timings for that are, oddly enough, right after the soybean harvest, right when those sclerotinia are all laying on the soil surface before they're worked back in with tillage. Now, of course, as you till and churn that soil, you're going to bring up new sclerotinia. I used to have this agronomist that uh, he did his graduate work on uh, soybean white mold and sclerotinia, and he carried around this jar of sclerotinia, of sclerotia, that was from his graduate school. And it was, you know, 20 years old that he carried this bottle around. It was the equivalent to me, like, carrying around a jar of toenails. Uh, And he just couldn't let these things go. And he said, I promise you that if I plant these things and give them a little bit of humidity and a little bit of moisture, these sclerotinia will still, still be viable. So I think as you you think about no-till situations versus tillage situations, when you're churning that soil and bringing fresh sclerotia back up to the soil surface, you're introducing a new strain or a new inoculum of sclerotinia. So white mold, obviously a big challenge in that way. If for some reason you pick up a new piece of ground and you know that they had issues out there or you didn't get the application of contans 
on fall. The best case scenario there is work the ground and then spray it, right? Because then everything's up on top. That's going to be on top. You spray it. And the process of breaking it down is going to not be the optimal, but that would be second best choice. Yeah, and so one of the next stages that you can attack white mold is, uh, you know, Kyle talked about row spacing and certainly keeping an air flow going through the canopy. So it seems to me that if you get hail, that seems to suppress white mold pretty good because it opens up the canopy, although I don't recommend hail. It's not all that good for yield. But, you know, as you look at the next mode of action against this is thinking about the disease cycle, the infection point is the flower. And flowering on soybeans tends to start right at the summer solstice or the longest day of the year. And so about, you know, June 25th, you know, somewhere in that time frame to the 4th of July, that's when your first application of a fungicide might actually have to go out there. And then if you wanted to continue that, you'd have to treat again a second time two to three weeks later because that fungicide efficacy is going to burn off. So here's one of the tips and tricks that some of the guys in the Red River Valley gave me about evaluating soybean white mold quality for different fungicides. The dry bean mark. Dry beans really get hit hard with white mold. And if you're looking at the product label, Kyla, you know you can read the label on the fungicide jug. Okay, Well, that's what the sticker's for? That's what the sticker's for, is to read it. You can actually look on there, and if dry beans are labeled for white mold suppression on that particular fungicide, there's a good chance for your regular soybeans that that'll actually have some good efficacy. But if they don't list dry beans as suppression for white mold, you might have some mild suppression, but it's really not going to be effective the way that you want it to. So lots of fungicide options out there. If you're trying to spray white mold and soybeans with a fungicide, look and see if dry beans are labeled. They will be your canary in the coal mine. I think the other thing too is is you know where the pockets are the north face and soaps the other places that coming out where there's a little heavier canopy you can variable rate that product too so it's not something where you have to treat every acre for it although i'm sure the companies would like you to treat every acre but it, it's a variable rate you write a prescription for it and go out and and treat the areas that you know that are really impacted yeah so you bring up variborate and one of the things that you could look at on here is two types of variborate both of them derive from a satellite image which when we look at the r7 tool the r7 tool is using that satellite imagery to basically measure how much biomass is out there and it seems to be that where there's more biomass there's less air infiltration in the canopy and that's a perfect breeding ground for those sclerotia to infect the flowering points so two options here. You use a satellite image as a way to build a zone where you might get white mold. But one of the other steps actually starts a little bit earlier on in the season. And we've had some growers start to uptake variborate planting of soybeans. And utilizing the R7 tool, they've been able to reduce their planting populations in areas where they know that they get white mold year after year because they are the usual suspects of north-facing slopes, low ground with high organic matter where the beans get a little bit lengthy or rank. And so verberate soybeans has done some really good things. You know, Typically, when you're doing that and you're going to reduce your population, a lot of producers are out there maybe at that 140,000 plants per acre rate. I think with a seed treatment to actually get the stand out there, you got to reduce the risk of losing stand by applying a seed treatment. I've seen some variborate soybean rates down as low as 90 or 100,000 plants per acre. And as long as you've got that seed treatment on there and they all come up, that's one of the ways that they're both saving some seed costs, but also uh, reducing their white mold problems later on in the season. Everything's got to be perfect if you're going to go that low. 
in the academics will show you you need 100 to 110 to 115 for a final stand going into harvest so you can go low and it does show that there's times when it does work out but every variable has got to be perfect you can't have geese land and chew off some you can't have any disease pressure that pulls down some population so if it's perfect everything's pattern tile lime's perfect everything's perfect you could probably drop it that low but in my space there's too many issues and stresses that we can't go that low yeah i I think when we talk about verberate seeding for soybeans it tends to be the opposite that it is for corn and corn you want to increase the rates in your high producing areas for soybeans that actually might be inverse where you actually want to decrease some of your population provided you can get stand establishment in there and kyle talked about seedling diseases you know being a real killer there but when you're writing a prescription you can actually block out one two three acres and leave a check block that the combine can actually pick up on the yield map and do some analysis there and i would say if you're not at least trying to have a little bit of failure in the prescription you're probably not pushing hard enough you've got to find where that break point is and installing a a one or two or five acre block of a low population treatment in some of your areas where white mold is suspect that's one of the ways to kind of test out the right population on your farm I think the spaces that we do a lot of pushing in our space here is hilltops, clays, spots that are a little bit lighter, water holding capacity and such. We do try to preserve the water that's there. And then in IDC areas or iron deficiency chlorosis areas, you need the population there to fend off the issues that we have there. So those are the spots that we push. And then we got some spots that are just perfect, like Joel explained to earlier, that we do back down. And and we're all learning. I challenge everybody listening and Try something different this year. Try something, and it doesn't have to be on a big portion of your acres, but just try something different. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. 